Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and Steve Cropley. Hello, Stephen. Hello, mate. How's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, We are in the Haymarket Automotive Storeroom again, so we are surrounded by, among other things, see the size of that wheel that is sitting down there, this 20-inch wheel with, I don't know, I couldn't tell you what that is from, could you? No, world's largest, because it's a big... Big fat tyre as big well, fat tire. It? It's got big yeah. 55 profile, chunky, off-roadies type stuff, but I don't recognise that wheel design. doesn't seem to have been curved by some errant no. road tester, oh, though, does wait, it? No, it doesn't. Well, it's funny you should say that, Steve. We have a letter hey. from Tom DeLang, who is the CEO of Dimag Wheels, oh, yeah. who writes to say, um, I've put fingers to iPhone following your comments about the wheels uh, on an Alpina D3 that I was running that we that we talked about last last week on a number of occasions uh, says tom you've discussed the general switch to suvs and bemoaned the fact that people don't buy estate cars anymore and as an aerodynamicist and mechanical engineer i can see exactly where you're coming from however the big problem in my experience with performance estates is the tires or to be more exact the lack of sidewall um, when matt started running the alpina i followed with interest as it's a car i would genuinely desire having recently run an e-class amg however what i was really interested in was whether the wheels would survive unscathed and unfortunately they didn't regrettably i had the same experience with my mercedes in that i managed to break three wheels in three months Mm. on the horrendous roads around my home at over a thousand quid a wheel plus tires for two of them that is unsustainable so the car had to go um basically next might be a fast suv because they've got a bit more oomph in the sidewall of the of the wheel i i do wonder how much of the suv trend is caused by yeah wheels and tires i I reckon there's a fair bit yeah Yeah. and just you know general comfort curbs potholes see bad road quality just yeah yeah. and you look down a bit don't you so i i do think sitting low in cars when the curbs are so omnipresent these days is 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 a drawback yeah sure and cars are getting bigger because they have to be so therefore visibility becomes more important yeah they're bigger because legislation suggests they need to be better in side impact crashes and so on and so forth so yeah it's like one drives another isn't it after another yeah it's a shame though isn't it because Mm. he's going to sacrifice his you know his lowness and his low center of gravity and his and his small frontal area smaller frontal area yeah but i see why you can see why absolutely people do it yeah steve should we talk um the big story this week first yeah. which is as we speak this week's announcement that the 2030 proposed pure internal combustion ban for which details were still slightly unclear has been pushed back to 2035 for which details are still unclear yeah <laughs> i think a lack of clarity is 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 a sort of given isn't it um i've got been already been hauled over the coals by various people because i broadly support the idea mm-hmm. i i just think that 
the idea of of our choosing a different um, cut-off year from the rest of Europe was balmy to start with, mm-hmm. and reinstatement of of a parity sort of form of parity just makes more sense. It's got nothing to do with supporting or not supporting the EU. It's just that the EU takes seventy or eighty percent of the cars we make here, and mm. surely you 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 just align yourself with your best customer. Yeah, it does make sense to me to just align ourselves with somebody else at this point at this you know it's a they, the uk is quite a significant market isn't it it's quite a yeah, it's a quite big, a big yeah. car market yeah but so is the rest of europe and to make an exception for it when the details of it were still so uncertain and for no honest to god good reason yeah. i mean it, it it has created uh confusion you can see why ford are upset i mean they've killed the first and second best-selling cars in recent history the Focus and and uh, Fiesta, yeah. possibly prematurely, because UK was the biggest market for both of those cars, wasn't it? Mm. So you can see why they're cheesed off. But yeah. I f- take the view that they can still proceed with their plans. And the um, specification that requires 22% of all cars to be electric next year mm. still exists. So the demand is, or the, the pressure is still going to be there. Is that is the is the twenty two percent pure EV next year still a requirement of sales? I believe so. I believe that the steps that they they talked about, you know, eighty percent by twenty eight or whatever it is, right? Um, or eighty percent by thirty, I think it was, wasn't it? Pure EV by thirty, and the rest um, hybrids. I think that still survives. Right. So, but but what they're doing, I think, is allowing us to build a few gigafactories of which we have you know alarmingly few mm-hmm. even the tata one um as it's all gone a bit quiet uh and yeah. uh um also you know it just it gives people who are fearing the fact that they've got to buy an ev soon a bit more time to come around get to used idea. to the idea and yeah perhaps some of the EVs in the market to get a bit older and therefore cheaper to buy second hand. Yeah. It also does it takes the takes I mean I know the European Union are looking into this as well are fearful of this as well to an extent subsidized EVs from China. Yeah. are cheap to buy over here because yeah. they are subsidized where they are made. So therefore they undermine European built vehicles. Yeah. And that is a concern of quite a few people and in fact this legislation effectively drives would you know all of the if you are compelling people to buy a certain quantity of pure EVs that does support the sales of those vehicles at the expense of others yes possibly built in Europe it seems to me that the priority now is for Sunak and Co to support what they've done with sensible incentives for people to move into SUVs uh, into EVs so yeah. if they were if they ditched the VAT or re- restored some sort of um, subsidy or something that it, it seems to me the SMMT had a quite a decent voice on this but Mike Hawes the, mm. the uh, um, CEO of the SMMT always talks sense to me and he, the last line I think of, of what of his utterance was um, carrots move markets faster than sticks mm. And what we've seen up to now is a lot of sticks yeah. and not and the carrots being withdrawn. And I think if they want to shape the market um, as they seem to want to, despite changes, mm-hmm. provide some incentives. Yeah. It, seems, it stares you in the face. Mm. 
I've uh, touched on it a bit in my column as well. It goes back to a discussion we had about three or four months ago, I think, when there was a, a white paper which proposed that micro manufacturers and even right down to individual vehicle approval cars built in your own shed yeah. would have to be zero emissions at the tailpipe in 2030 at the same time as everything else. Presumably, I mean, who knows? Because yeah. I suspect nobody has thought about it that deeply. No. But presumably that will move back to 35. And then if we are completely aligned with rules from elsewhere, there are exemptions for tiny manufacturers, of which the UK has plenty. They are dependent on... Because if you're Ford or Toyota or whatever, the UK is quite a big market, but it's only one market in you know, the great scheme of things, isn't yep. it? Whereas if you are a small micro-manufacturer, UK legislation and market is absolutely critical yeah. to you. And if this does give them those exemptions or leeway or the extra time to think about it, that's, that's a decent thing. I think so too. Because they're dependent on technology that they're buying from other people and didn't at the moment discover, it's not quite there yeah when you would when you were talking before didn't we discover that that the the as as drafted the 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 law that affects the smaller manufacturers in the uk was actually more punitive than it was in europe oh it was yes it was because well, i think barley. if you make more if you make fewer than a register fewer than a thousand cars a year in europe you are effectively exempt from zero emissions legislation completely whereas in the uk one person building a car in their shed in 2030 it would have to be it would have had to have been zero emissions and that the thing is it makes no sense because as we know a bev takes more energy to produce than and more resources than a an internally combusted car and there is a crossover at some point where the energy you save in running a bev is better than running a internally combusted car but you may never get to that point yeah. in a very small lightweight sports car yeah, you know, yeah. that point may never if it's 30 40 thousand miles it might take 20 years well, to get indeed, there it will. You know, yeah. so it will and you know you have the penalty in the meantime that you're you know you have a a vehicle with either a small battery that you can't get energy into very quickly or a big battery that is then heavier than the you know and it it gives those manufacturers the time to make the swap when it creates a better product yeah and that's the also key. there is importantly i think some negotiating time for 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 these micro manufacturers through things yeah. like the small vehicle network or niche vehicle network yes yeah. yeah yeah and i know the, the the niche vehicle network were putting uh proposals together to to chat to government about it but maybe they don't need to have those conversations quite For so urgently <laughs> or at all but who who knows me yeah who knows who knows yeah um Let's talk the, on EVs, let's talk the Watergate Bay Sprint. Because this time last week, you were gearing up. I came to your house, there was a BMW i4 being charged outside, ready to head to Cornwall. Yeah, I was really... How was it? Well, I, I was kind of nervous because um, there are some pretty good people in, in amateur motorsport. and mm-hmm. But this car was fast and they were very welcoming at Watergate. Water, the interesting thing about Watergate Bay, the Watergate Bay Sprint, is that it's a it's an event where roads are closed mm-hmm. are allowed to be closed <laughs> according to you know newish legislation. Yeah. Uh, to make a motorsport event, and they were duly closed on Saturday and Sunday, um, and uh, off we went. And 
and I drove down there in this car, which was an M50, so the twin-engine version of the 536 horsepower version of, of the the i4, mm -hmm. and um, luckily met up with some mates. So I, there were two blokes in Teslas that I'd actually competed with before a year ago at Abingdon at another sprint. Yeah, we were pretty good friends, so they support me while beating me. Um, and there was another excellent bloke local guy in a in a leaf who did an amazingly good uh, gave a terrific account of himself in an old leaf hmm. and there were only four of us in the class and we, we drew a hell of a lot of attention and we got interviewed repeatedly by bbc down there and so yeah. on and and um david richards the boss of msuk came along to oh, make terrific. sure that it went well he, yeah. he is a determined supporter of of ev motorsport because mm. he just knows it's the future yeah doesn't the thing we tried to say every time this the matter was raised is we do not ever want to see the death of the dogbone escort with um <laughs> with a bda in it you know yeah. it's it's they're, they're wonderful cars mm. but um at the same time if if most people are driving evs when the time comes they'll they'll want to compete in those yeah totally yeah these were only production cars but they were mm -hmm. fast so yeah. First sixty-four feet, two seconds for the for the Teslas. Two point two for me. I conceded um, point two because my car was four hundred fifty kilograms heavier than a Tesla. Is it? Yeah. Cool. They had five hundred seventy-six horsepower. I had a miserable five hundred thirty-six. Right. But um, so is the has the BMW got a bigger battery than those? No, uh, or a bit is it bigger. A yeah. A, well, no, similar size. I think. Right. I mean, good range. Mm. Even you know, just cruising a seventy on the motorway, listening to the radio, it'll do two hundred and fifty miles. It, you you get a bit white knuckled beyond about two thirty. But mm. there's, I didn't have any charging trouble. Mm -hmm. It's only two hundred and a bit from my place in Gloucestershire, anyway. Yeah, and Watergate is Cornwall way, is it? Yes, it's yeah, near Watergate Newquay. Bay. It's okay. just just near. It's, we connect Newquay and Watergate Bay. Mm. It's a piece of coastal road. Really nice. The guy in the in the leaf told us that it was the absolute. It was the first piece of road he ever drove on when he got his license oh, really? at the age of seventeen a few years ago. <laughs> so he know he knew it really well. Yeah, and it's so this legislation changed. Twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen, something like that. Because previously, it took an act of you could close a road, but it took an act of parliament to suspend the road laws. That Is was that it. correct? Yeah. And now the local council can say, yeah, yeah. well, fill your boots. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and then, they're keen because it, it was, it drew a really impressive number of local spectators. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting because all of the, because Watergate Bay, the, the reason they need to close roads is because the nearest um, permanent motorsport venue to Cornwall is Castle Coombe, you know. Whoa. Which is, which is Wiltshire, um, well, is I measured it, 180 miles away. Oh, that, yeah, it's a long way, isn't it? Is it so, Wiltshire, Castle Coombe? Is it Wiltshire, or is that...? Yeah, Wiltshire, yeah. I think. Yeah. And they do, therefore, a lot of rallying around Cornwall, very mm. big. And so a lot of the cars that were entered were rather well-prepared rally cars. Mm. And as you know, they're all quick off to mark. So we... One of the Tesla pair set fastest time of the day, which was a fantastic oh, really? achievement. Yeah. There were no single-seaters, I must say, but right. there were some... There was some pretty... I mean, there was a bloke there in a Metro 6R4, and he was beaten by a Tesla, which is a hell of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? The, does that rule apply? And I think it does, but you may, you may know better than me. Uh, effectively UK-wide. 
it applies even in Wales and Scotland as well. And those because some of wasn't the Jim Club? I'm searching my memory banks here. There were before the legislation changed. There were only a few rallies, road rallies that were already exempted. So something like I think the Jim Clark rally in Scotland right. was one, maybe. But there are, as you say, you know, if, when you when you mention Cornwall, there are places where people are quite into cars, yeah. but they're a long way from a motorsport permanent motorsport circuit, aren't they? They're really you keen. Know? I mean, there's they're lots really of Scotland, which is a, a long way from too. Knock Hill. Everybody, was so, people were so nice to us. Honestly, mm. the the thing that hits you over the head every time you get involved in, I think, in this sort of lowish end motorsport is you, you just kind of enveloped in this in this sort of I don't know or, or this warmth mm. I mean people want to beat you of course they do but yeah. but they're interested in you and they'll help you and they chat to you and they're just totally welcoming I, yeah. I had a wonderful weekend excellent yeah I think sprints and hill climbs have a better paddock vibe than circuit race meets from yeah. that point of view don't you well know? nobody can come along and knock a corner off your car yeah exactly yeah which you is do it happy. yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i think it's good legislation and a good and i'm i'm thrilled that david richards took the time to go down i think that's great stuff yeah, yeah he's really he good. lives further away a few little way further away he's got a house in cornwall but he he loves the place but but he made he had an appointment the previous night in piccadilly or somewhere yeah. And he flew down on the morning just to walk around and say hello to everybody. And right. then he, then by lunchtime he was gone again because he had another else. appointment in London. Excellent. So he, he really believes it. He's, yeah. The great thing about DR is that he goes, he turns up, he mm. goes places. Mm. Good news. Really impressive. Cool. Right, Steve and I are going to take a short break. We'll be back with more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Hello. Welcome back to My Week in Cars. If you review and rate and subscribe to this podcast, Steve, I believe the algorithms like that very much. Yeah, I, I, I gather so. I haven't... Yeah. I haven't well, I, I don't know whether I should confess this, but I have cool. never listened to one of these. I'm not really game to. Oh, I don't know what the hell it sounds like. Well, I mean, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should remember, shouldn't I? Yeah, I, listen, I mean, I listen to them. I listen to them back because, you know, because I get sent them to uh, proof. And um, But I believe in terms of our rating, you know, it's quite high. Four point something. Yeah. I think if we were a local restaurant, we'd be pretty pleased with a high four point something stars. Good you know, stuff. Close. I think if you rounded it, it would be five. If you rounded it to the nearest. Yeah. So let's I mean, do that. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So please do rate this five star podcast and uh, subscribe. And it's good. For, I think it's good for us. We'd appreciate it very much. We have a letter from Bernard Brignall who says... I understand that currently it isn't possible to tow a battery electric vehicle um, that has uh, a breakdown, complicating recovery. I think I've heard similar to that. Yeah, they I like think it's to, wrong, though. They like to pick them up, don't they? Yeah. You think it's right as in that's I think not it true? it can be done. Ah, okay. Um, in fact, there are tales of people who, who, you know, with a dead leaf, who charge it by towing it for a while. <laughs> and that puts it back through. Yeah. Yeah. 
But what is the what is the is it that you might you might over stimulate all of the cables and the inverters and everything by getting the electric motor turned into a generator yeah, and you just the, it gets the electronics are just not much. expecting it. So yeah. they, they, <laughs> they're expecting a bit under braking, but they're not expecting sixty miles an hour for yeah. five five miles. I, I think the, the the safest thing to do is that is is to say that there is no blanket um, gotcha. uh, rule and and Stick it taking a look in the handbook for once yeah. something I rarely do <laughs> um, is is probably the clue. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bernard says. We have an, uh, in the family an electric wheelchair on which moving a lever disconnects the motor, allowing it to be pushed. And I wonder why BEVs don't have a similar mechanism for freewheeling. Then lo and behold, I see that Volkswagen has fitted tow hooks to this new ID GTI concept car. So is this about to become a feature of BEVs? I think the short of it is we don't know, Bernard. But on the well, ID the GTI, thing... it's, got those, it's got those sort of tow, tow straps that yeah. you put on, motors, on race cars. Yeah, and I think it's probably for effect. Yeah, it might be else. Just, might just to look be nice, for the look of it. Flash. But, yeah. but the thing that did happen at, at Watergate Bay was that was that you know how when you're being adjusted by the the, the timing, the, the start line marshals to mm. to be in exactly the right position to oh, yeah. so you don't. I just bunged it in in neutral and they pushed it back and forth. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. It, 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 the drive can be disconnected in neutral. Yes. Yeah. Does the BMW creep on yes so and can you can you change can I you don't think that? so I don't think so you might be able to turn it off I never found it yeah but there's an awful lot of stuff I, I've always said the same about these cars you you need to own them for a while and treat them like a hobby you know you mm. you, you gradually get to know stuff yeah I mean what I learned was how to operate the the, the audio system how to turn off Lane, uh, Lanky persist. First thing we all know, <laughs> and um, and and you know how to work the aircon and all that sort of stuff. But I did not get too far into the, and I got rid of a few bongs as well. Oh yeah, well done. Um, but I I wouldn't say that I got to the to the outside of the envelope as it were. Hmm. The because uh, I think in a Tesla, from memory, it's been a it's been a while. You can turn off creep on one of the touchscreens. You can make it so that when you lift off the brake it will roll forwards just That's like right. an auto or yeah. you can turn creep off and therefore you lift off the brake and it sits there waiting and from yeah. a I mean I know this is a niche <laughs> a niche use case but from a from a standing start acceleration run that means you can sit there with your foot on nothing and yep. then when the light goes green you just Blat. give it yeah. a lot yeah. yeah which must be quite effective oh it is I tell you what even in the BM which is a 0 to 63 and a half hmm. It's a big kick up the backside, but yeah. Teslas were doing naught to sixty three point one. I mean, they were. You know, I was already conceding. It annoyed me. I was already conceding point eight to these fellas just in you know oh, between yeah. naught and sixty. Yeah. But the first sixty four feet was so interesting because mm. we were miles quicker than, than most. Do you know how fast you end up at the end of sixty four feet? I don't. It's interesting. That I'd like. But it was two something seconds, was it? So yeah, it was two, for me. It was two point two. I managed the best I managed was two point one seven. One of them did one point nine eight. Yeah. So and then somebody said 40. two seconds is one g of acceleration. Oh, okay, okay. So it's probably forty-ish miles an hour, I guess. Is it something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty brisk, isn't it? The oh, time. it gets going. Yeah. Yeah. Poor. yeah. Tell me about the Mini Eight Fifty. 
which, well, is just, no, which does not do 64 feet in two seconds. No, sir, no, no, <laughs> 64. Yeah. Um, well, I was just hanging around a local filling station and in drove a really lovely looking Mini 850, mm-hmm. early one, exposed hinges, sliding windows, all that. Mm. And out of it stepped a bloke I knew. Mm. And I didn't know he had the car. And he just bought it and he was all excited about it, and as I would be. Because it was a lovely one, really nice. Yeah. So he said, we better go around the town, haven't we? So so uh, we did. And I, w- we did about a 20-minute loop. And he yeah. drove for 10 minutes and I had another. Drove for 10 minutes. And it's just such a singular experience. I mean, the, the size is completely beyond your mm. ken anymore. And But the, the other thing is just the crudity, the, the, the gear wine, you know, the crazy gear change this one had the so-called spaghetti lever the 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 long lever that reaches sort of right down into the foot oh yes of course didn't have yeah. a remote yeah um oh, so, so it's an early on, car is it in that case yep starter yeah. on the floor i think 62 oh. something like that. yeah but uh oh such a good car and the thing you can't get over is you can see why why they got so excited in the early 60s by the steering and the size and the mm. grip and all the rest of it i mean it wouldn't wouldn't have grip in today's terms but so adjustable and it's comical to pile into a roundabout and come off the noise and just have it sort of immediately f- tail come out but not there is no tail on those yeah, cars so yeah. it's not dangerous it's just highly adjustable yeah i had a really good time for 10 minutes and cool. uh it may you know naturally i went back and spent the rest of the night looking for minis <laughs> <laughs> are they as i suspect reasonably expensive Yes. Now, well, very much depends on provenance. You can find, you can find f- sort of cut and shut cars for relatively cheaply. You know, a few thousand quid. But mm. proper one, twenty five, even you know forty. Really. Yeah. yeah. For, for something that was a long way back along the evolutionary scale and was, as I say, exposed hinges, uh, sliding windows, starter on the floor, spaghetti mm. lever. Yeah, I saw earlier this week uh, some people from Porsche's GT department and one of their fellows uh, he's, he's a dynamics specialist but he's I think he is damping slash steering or something like that and uh, he has a 97 Mini Cooper oh, as his nice. fun car which yeah. is pretty cool isn't it I mean he said you know so he says some people say that it's not a proper Mini by the time the wheels are 12 inch exactly. wheels and well, proper brakes th- yeah I think that. it was on yeah, he said, you know, people are saying that it should be on 10-inch wheels and it shouldn't have the big arches and, you know, the earlier cars were purer. But he loved it. He, I think he's a big fan. And, well, I, it's and still, I get it. You know? Yeah, yeah. well, it, I mean, it's still amazingly small and it's yeah. still got that dopey driving position, which actually works fine. Yeah. Fits yeah. people of all sizes, as yeah. I proved. Yeah. And um, ah, thoroughly good news. Mm. I, I was, this guy, my friend, was proud of it and he's right to be. Yeah. The, uh, so I was driving the 911 ST, which is great, but it's a, it felt, to me, quite big. Just big, remind me, what was an ST? Oh, so an ST is a GT3 chassis with a GT3 RS engine. It's all a bit, it gets all a bit arcane at this sort of level. And they're only making 2,000 of them. Um, but it's got a manual gearbox, and they've taken as much weight out of it as they can, so it only weighs as much as the 911R from 2015, 2016, oh, okay. which everybody thinks is terrific. So it weighs 1,380 kilos. Wow. Um, it's got magnesium wheels and blah, blah, blah. But they said, anyway, I'm not usually into these kind of high-end niche, you can't buy one 
so on and so forth. But they said, no, it's the best 9-11 we've ever made. Wow. That's the, that was the, that's what they said. And you go, oh, is it? Blimey. So you start driving and go, uh, yeah, it's really, I mean, it is really good, but it felt to me quite wide. Yeah. And then I started looking at the stats as I was writing it up. The old 911R, which I thought was terrific, is exactly the same width seven mm. years ago. And the, remember the GT3 RS 4 litre of 2011, something like that. So quite an old car. Yeah. Also the same width. But they did not feel as wide to me. And I don't know if it's got a higher window line, yeah. if the interior's just got a bit or chunkier or something. Yeah, it just felt um, maybe thicker pillars. Mm. But they felt, um, I don't know, just a, a bit easier to manage than this car. Yeah. I mean, there'll be some markets where it doesn't matter. But... Small, smallness is a real thing in a driver's car, yeah, it's isn't it? becoming it's a thing you, you pay for or you choose yeah. deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've spotted an iffy... Uh, how do we... How shall I... No, you tell me about it. You've seen a Lotus car advert. Oh, well, I, I just got the hump with this uh, <laughs> this Lotus car advert. It was, a, it was a, an advert for the new saloon, the, mm. the, the saloon version of the Electra. So the Electra well, is a uh, is the SUV is the SUV yeah, and um, the saloon is the Emea. Emea, is that right? That's it. Yeah. yeah, and it said, "Everyone drives, not everyone is a driver." And I thought, "What's that supposed to convey?" Yeah, what does that mean? Does that does that mean I'm useless because I'm not in your gang, or does it mean? Mm. I think what they're trying to say is, lots of cars, every car is drivable. Mm. Very few cars drive as well as ours. Yeah, I think that's the that's, that's the what message they're trying they're trying. to say. But I, it, it made me think of this fantastic competition that used to be run by the New Statesman, where <laughs> people were encouraged to come up with slogans that sounded really portentous, really important, yeah, but mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> and a couple of examples I quoted were there's this fantastic one I always remember, which says, "Trees grow tall, but they never reach the sky." <laughs> And it's you, you kind of examine it for meaning, and there's none. <laughs> there is none. Ultimately, there is none. And the other one, a lovely one, was was. Um, uh, oh, was I've it? got it! I've got it here. He who digs deepest, deepest, deepest digs. digs. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's that about? What is that about? What is that about? So yeah, because I mean, everyone drives. Not everyone is a driver. Could imply that. You're not one of our gang. Go yeah, away. Yeah, but all, but also everyone drives, but not everyone is a driver. Maybe the car is the driver. Maybe maybe the car does the driving. You don't need to. It's I don't, just, it just it's, it's not know, correct. It's, it's not, not, it's not right. It's not good, is it? So they. It's like the uh, Aston Martin Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, all of that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we um, anyway. I just found myself thinking, stick to cars, Lotus. Yeah, I mean, just. Yeah, I remember get, this story about the agency. Crikey. The the police who came mm. up with spent umpteen millions coming up with a with a career a slogan that was supposed to attract people to the police mm. and the um the the line that they paid thousands or tens of thousands to some agency for was dull it isn't <laughs> which uh, i think per word they were pretty well overpaid yeah, pretty well yeah exactly pretty well charged for that um finally have you seen stonehenge is back in the news this week yeah, it's, well, I, I I know more about it because I read your column. Oh, so okay. Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah. Well, UNESCO, who say it's a World Heritage Site, uh, seem to be opposed to the tunnel that has been proposed. Um, and there are a few campaign groups who don't want the tunnel to be 
built because they say it'll dig up some stuff which is currently undug up uh, anyway so there may be a legal thing but as you read about it and you read some of the local newspapers and you read some of the some of the um, some local some local groups and people who live nearby because there are some disingenuous arguments used by some of the campaign groups because they say it'll only take eight minutes off of a journey from Guildford to St Ives on average yeah but the average time isn't the point is it what no. what the problem is is on a Friday afternoon when you've got somebody local who's trying to get somewhere and instead of 15 minutes it takes them two hours yeah. that's the that's the fundamental problem the average this average well, only average time that's it's a nonsense argument don't well, I think it? so too but because they're counting midnight aren't they yeah yeah so of course yeah when it would take it when it will take the same time so yeah. anyway the the thing I from talking to a, a a few people I know who live nearby and reading some other stuff some people say yeah quite a lot of the problem is that people just slow down to have a look in the way that you would for a car accident yeah and I think there's going to be another another legal challenge to a proposal that's been going on for what 30 odd years or whatever mm. however long it's been if there is going to be another one could we not just plant a hedge and some tall trees in the meantime and see if that makes the difference yeah. and if that doesn't make the difference okay we'll take them down and in the meantime you've built a tree well done you that's great and then do and then just get on with it but if this maybe that maybe that's all it takes yeah yeah and if it doesn't it didn't work yeah. but just just Mind try you, it. someone will come along and plant a few tree tree protection orders on your oh on, on your the ley line one you've done it yeah <laughs> you can't take them down now and i wonder if there is something about sight lines off of the off of stonehenge that you know you shouldn't it's it's historically important that it yeah. that it has a view over x or y or whatever but at the moment it's just looking over a queue of traffic on the a303 200 feet away so that's not a very good that's no not, that's I, not a great sight line either is it so there's got to be know. a queue doesn't it even if it's to shift the the road half a mile away yeah. or something yeah or i don't from memory it's not even dual carriageway down through there is it no and i think that's partly the problem is that road is i mean it's a poor road it's you know some of it's dual carriageway some of it's single carriageway yeah and there's roundabouts on it, you know, and it's not it's not a great bit of road, which is not very helpful to the southwest of England, no. really. You know, if you're trying to, I mean, I, my brother lives down there, Ariel down there, and you know what it's like trying to get there and back. Yeah, and it's like Norfolk before they jewelled all of the A11. Yeah, you know, so there's got to be a point, solution. At there? some point, we've got to get on with it. Yeah, you know I mean, you've got to do something. Yeah. So, um, or am I wrong? No, Who you're knows? right. Well, I don't know. Somebody might say. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com, and tell me either way. And uh, Steve and I will discuss it when we come back this time next week. Are you away between now and next week, Steve? Uh, I'm just trying to think. I um, am not. No. Um, which, is, which is not quite uh, a photo. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to tour a tour of Nissan. I'm going to go to oh, their cool. Paddington Design Studio, and then I'm going to go to their Cranfield Tech Centre. Oh, cool! That is as far afield as I'm going. You're not going up to Sunderland. No, 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 no. This is this is sort of technology talk. Oh, interesting. I've never been to. There's a new concept which we're going to see. Oh, cool! Which is good. Well, I don't think we're supposed to know this, but it's going to give us a clue to the next micro, blah blah. Oh, the cool. mo- you know you. The Renaults, the little Renaults, and the little Nissans are going to be related, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah. And it's good news that they are. Well, obviously, they're keeping those in that case, which is good. We yeah. Like small, a small car. Is I think good that's news. part of their point. You know, yeah. we are, we are planted in this country, and we're not leaving. Good, good. Oh well, I look forward to seeing that. You can read that when it appears in uh, HMS Autocar, which is available every Wednesday on digital subscription including the archive which I haven't plugged this week but makes great Christmas presents not far around the corner 
<laughs> I went to the co-op last night and they had those bloody Santa chocolates on sale. Oh, already. I mean, stop it! As we were, it's September the twentieth. Oh, um, you can also find it. Over, you, you'll be able to find that news over at autocar.co.uk too, or in the print magazine, which has been available uh, weekly since eighteen ninety-five. Thank you, Stephen. See you later, mate. See you next week. <laughs>